a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Hello, everyone. Undoubtedly, this week has been all about energy. National Grid activated its demand flexibility service, rewarding households for reducing energy, their energy consumption. But there is one household in Hampshire that won't be sitting in the cold and dark because this house makes more energy than it uses. To talk about this, we have Martin Evans, who is director of Malthouse Consultancy. Hello, Martin. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for joining Energy Live News. So, Martin, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the UK's most energy efficient home, your home? Yes. Uh, well, I'm, I've am i been part of the AECB for a long time, which is the Association for Environmentally Conscious Buildings, and they introduced uh, Passive House to the UK. And I've become more and more focused on trying to deliver net zero carbon projects through the year. So I wanted to start really by demonstrating that it's possible because there's a lot of skepticism around that it, it's too difficult or too expensive to achieve. But here we are in a very traditional farmhouse building, which we've um, insulated, super insulated and uh, replace the glass and things. So we've got triple glazing to the house. So we've improved the envelope a lot. We've introduced ground source heat pump system based on a horizontal ground loops in the fields. And we generate electricity through a large solar array, which we've got on some of the farm outbuildings that we have here. We've got two electric cars. So the way we established how much we needed to generate was to monitor. We, we travel about 30,000 miles a year in our electric cars. So we've made allowance for that and made allowance for everything the house uses through the year. And we designed the solar array so that we generate about 30% more in a year than we use in total. So, uh, as I can understand from what you're saying is that the house is carbon negative. What does this mean? I want to ask you because our readers probably will not understand what carbon negative means, especially for a house. Does this mean that the excess energy it makes goes to the national grid? Yes, that's right. So, uh, we're not off grid. We are, we use the grid in effect as a battery really. So when we're when we have a sunny day, we generate a lot more energy than we use. So we export that to the grid. And if it's a very cold, overcast day, then we will import more from the grid. Uh, but what we aim for is a true net zero or net negative across a year is to make sure that the total that we import is less than the total that we export. So we export more energy than we import in total across the year. Of course, you mentioned uh, some kind of technologies like heat pumps or solar panels that you have already installed in the home. Which do you think is the most beneficial technology in your home right now? Well, we're in an area where there's no mains gas. So you're either using LPG, bottled gas, or or oil as your alternatives. So oil is the dirtiest fuel we have. So whenever anybody is on oil, we're always trying to recommend that they get away from oil and onto uh, electric-based systems, really. The cleanest energy by a long way is electricity now. So if you use, if you heat using electricity through a heat pump, you'll produce something like a 20th, 1 20th of the carbon footprint of uh, a comparable 
system using fossil fuels. So it's a, it's a big step in the right direction. The problem we have is that gas and electricity prices are artificially fixed together. So the government uh, fixes electricity prices to some degree based on gas prices, which means we don't get the benefit of cheaper fuel that uh, cheaper electricity that's generated through renewables because of course the cost of renewables has not gone up in the last two years in the same way as fossil fuels. Martin, I know that you said earlier that the home produces, generates 30% more energy that it currently needs. What about the energy savings and what about the money that probably you win from all this investment that uh, you have done? Probably our readers would be interested in knowing more about uh, these kind of things. Yes, well, because energy level costs have gone up so much, it's now looks even more attractive, really, to take measures to reduce your energy, of course. I did a calculation to look at what we would be spending on energy if we were back before we converted the house to electricity and before we had electric cars. And the total running costs for the diesel equivalents and LPG-based heating and things for the house would be about £24,000 a year at today's costs. So that's for all our travel as well. So that's covering 30,000 miles a year. So the cost for us now, as we as we stand now, are something like £4,000 a year or slightly less. So you can see there is a lot of running cost gain to be had by making your house more efficient and for moving to heat pumps. But it does need capital investment to allow that to happen, of course. But I think we, we uh, at current levels of cost, we've easily made the money back within five years. So Martin, you said, if I heard well, uh, you said that the current cost is £4,000 a year. Is it correct? That's right. And that's because although we export a lot more than we import, you don't get paid very much for what you export. We, we're actually on a scheme where we get five pence per kilowatt hour for what we export. But of course, our input in import costs are something like 32p a kilowatt hour. So there's a big difference between what I get for energy I sell to the grid and what I have to pay for energy. But some of the companies are looking to change that significantly in the next few months. So I hope we will see export costs or export value go up significantly to those of us who are generating more energy than we need and exporting at times. In terms of the money that you have invested in this uh, kind of development, uh, what can you say? How much money did this development cost? Well, we were going to improve the house anyway, but if I ignore the house improvements we've done and just look at the technology, so that would be the uh, ground source heat pump system, uh, MBHR, that's mechanical ventilation with heat recovery, and the, a large solar panel array. The total investment for that is probably in the region of 60 to 70,000 pounds. This is quite a big house out in the country. So it's a substantial investment, but given that we're seeing energy savings of circa £20,000 a year is clearly a fantastic investment if, uh, if you're able to do it. I'm going to ask you now some findings that uh, we have noticed uh, from recent reports. So there is uh, one report that says that four in 10 homes in England have walls rated as poor or very poor. 64% of all homes in London have poor quality walls. 
And even analysis from the local governor association suggests that poorly insulated homes will be leaking 12 billion of energy over two years uh, during uh, the government's uh, energy price guarantee scheme. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a terrible set of statistics. You know, that sadly, the worst off in our society are the ones least able to to really help themselves. And most of the incentive systems that the government's come up with in the past have really benefited those much better off with capital who that can invest into the schemes. So. I think it just highlights the fact that we need to be much better at helping the uh, those less well-off people who are in smaller houses, maybe living uh, on on pensions, who need need to be given the tools to allow them to improve the houses. Because it's crazy wasting vast amounts of energy on very poorly insulated housing stock, which we have. And it's, it's relatively easy to build good new houses, although we could do much better even on that than we are doing, I think. But on our, to make a really substantive distance, difference, we've got to attack the existing stock and, and help people super insulate their houses. It's not difficult to do. It's the simplest, easiest and most socially rewarding of all the things we could spend our money on. Uh, what do you feel that the UK uh, needs to do, the government needs to do in order to achieve the each ambitious uh, net zero goals? Uh, do you feel that, you know, more uh, investment in energy efficiency is necessary right now? I think there's a whole range of measures that need to be taken, but um, dealing with the old stock of housing is certainly high up on the list. I think one of the, one of the things I'd be really keen to the government to own up about is they they often say that we've done very well. They all say carbon footprint has dropped significantly since 1990. I've heard them quote 45% lower carbon footprint than we were in 1990. But that completely ignores the fact that we've outsourced a huge amount of our productivity. So we buy steel and things like that from China now that we used to fabricate ourselves. And that that's taken as part of the saving, which, of course, doesn't save the planet anything. So those sort of misinformation that gets put out by the government, I think, is hugely damaging. But there are lots of ways we can, lots of things we can do, but we have to value carbon, really. We have to somehow in our system say, if I'm, if I'm using energy that produces a 20th of the carbon footprint of the alternatives, then somehow that needs to be valued so that I am incentivized to make that happen. What do you think about the demand flexibility service, uh, the visa flexibility uh, scheme that National Grid rolled out earlier this week? Do you feel that this kind of schemes uh, could provide a long-term solution, you know, and help uh, the UK uh, hit its net zero goals? I'm sure that's a big part of the equation because the smarter we can make the grid, the more the greener we can make it. So if we the, the initiatives that they've done where they've tried to encourage people to stop using energy at the most polluting times, they're doing that by encouraging and asking people to do it. But if we had a smart grid where we were able to charge cars and run heat pumps um, with some control, some central control to allow it to be nicely leveled out, then we would be able to make a big difference to the greenness of the grid. And uh, yes, it definitely is a big part of it. And of course, batteries 
play, play a big part of that. There are some very good schemes which uh, people like Octopus Energy have, have used where they you put a battery into your house, but it's controlled by them to maximize the benefit to the grid. So you get the benefit of it financially, but they get the physical control. And uh, as I say, things like cars, which of course are big, big ticket um, energy users, uh, would be good examples, easy examples of how you can give control of when they're charged uh, so that uh, the grid can be improved substantially. Martin, thank you very, very much for your time. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this Energy Live News podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.energylivenews.com.